He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge uh, Happy Hour Edition. I'm Anthony Irwin. In a little bit, I'm going to be joined by you guys. Uh, basically, what the plan for the show is, for those of you who are watching on YouTube live right now, you can see I'm going to look back on 2023, and then we're going to look ahead to 2024, as this is the last episode of the year. Uh, the next time you guys will hear from me, it will be 2024. Um, and, uh, and you know, some news is going to come with that as well. So we're going to do that. We're going to look back and then look ahead. And then we are going to take some of the questions that I've already fielded from Twitter. And I am also going to answer some from the comment section. I don't have a ton of time, so we're going to have to like, you know, really kind of hustle and, and work our way through this. So without any further ado, Let's get to it. Today's show uh, is brought to you by Bam Sleeper, the Sleeper app. Use that promo code LA Lounge to get up to $100 in a first deposit match. Use that promo code LA Lounge uh, to, um, to, to, to get that deposit match. Terms and conditions apply. More from Sleeper here a little bit in, uh, later in the show when we will be uh, going through a few picks as we do every Friday happy hour. So again, Sleeper LA Lounge is your promo code. You can get up to $100 back in a first deposit match uh, and play with me on there as well. I'm at Anthony Irwin LA, just like I am on Twitter, just like you can see in front of me when I take this thing off right now. Boom. At Anthony Irwin LA is where you can find me on there as well. Um, all right, let's look back on 2023. And the first place I want to start with, and I know this is going to sound like a pot shot. This is a, this is going to sound like a cheap shot. I don't mean it that way. But uh, the way that I am going to start looking back on 2023 is to remind everybody, January 1st, 2023, through early February, I think February 9th was the day that the trade actually went through. Russell Westbrook was still a Laker. The Lakers were just kind of trudging through the year pretty in, in pretty ugly fashion. And it looked like you were the, the, the Lakers were heading towards yet another lost season, even if they were able to trade Russell Westbrook. Now at the time, remember uh, to those of you who are loyal listeners, I had spent all year saying, just get LeBron and AD any logical help whatsoever, any, <laughs> and 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 I think that that season can be uh, saved. And lo and behold, by the way, they trade Russell Westbrook. They bring in D'Angelo Russell. They bring in Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, they before that, right? I think this happened in twenty three. Um, but the Lakers also traded for Rui Hachimura, right? And they uh, now, unfortunately, they also traded Patrick Beverly from Obama. A move that I didn't particularly love. Felt like a heat check didn't work out all that well, but. Yeah, the, the the moves that the Lakers made uh, in early 2023 set up, I think, how the rest of 2023 would go, where 
you had that group where like the, the, the argument I remember from some was, well, it's so late in the year. Is it even worth it to give up draft capital to try to save a season that probably wouldn't go anywhere, even with the right combination of players anyway? To those people, I just I just remember shaking my head and being like, I sincerely hope to gamble against you one day. Um, but yeah, I I basically I thought that you get LeBron shooting, you get a little bit more size on the perimeter so that AD doesn't have to do everything defensively, and you could field a professional level team. And be quite competitive. And that's what the season turned into, right? Um, it was it was almost immediate, right? Malik Beasley was also in that trade. And you know, the first the first game that everybody played together, everybody played really well. You could see that LeBron had an extra pep in his step. And and I just remember watching that game, like, see, you see, <laughs> this team could be really effing good. And um, typically speaking. LeBron wins like 60% of the games that he plays in if the roster around him makes any sense whatsoever. And I think that kind of percentage carried out for the remainder of the year, even including the playoffs. And, you know, yeah, I, I think that's where the Lakers, I think it's kind of funny. We're sitting here having a lot of the same conversations now, but you know, if I look back on 2023 it really, in many ways, was defined by trading away Russell Westbrook. People in that organization admitting fault. Uh, LeBron, NAD, uh, finally getting the help after admitting their own fault as well. Because that was something that in the rumor mill and, and behind closed doors, they were saying like, okay, yeah, we get it, fine. Well, that, was a, that was a screw up. Let's all move forward. And they did, and and you know they have, I think, a pretty successful second half, a very successful second half of the year to show for it. A couple playoff rounds won, and you know you thought heading into the 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 early part of this current season that we're watching, you thought that they had plenty of momentum to build on. Again, as I said last night, and as I wrote in uh, on, on Substack the other day that core of six guys or so, right? LeBron, AD, uh, Vando, Reeves, D'Lo, Rui, uh, missing somebody else. But, and, and you know, that, that, that like six guys or so, they are all kind of looking at the season. They've been looking at the season. Like I thought we were doing the continuity thing. And, uh, and I think the sooner that they, that the Lakers get back to it, I think, Frankly, it's probably going to define 2024. Uh, I know that we are entering 24, waiting for a Russell trade hilariously again. Um, at the you know when when the when the new year kicks over to 2024, we're going to be that much closer to D'Lo being eligible to be traded and more guys around the league being eligible to be traded, and that is, I think probably going to dominate the conversation moving forward as it tends to do as you get ready for the uh, trade deadline. But yeah, I think, I think 23 was very successful. I'm, I'm going to look back on 2023 from a basketball standpoint <laughs> with uh, fairly fondly, I would say they got the work that they needed to do done early enough in the year 
so that the rest of that year could be set up pretty well if they took advantage of of uh, whatever they could. And that second half of last year, they did take advantage of whatever they could. This early parts of this season, a little less so. So it's going to be interesting to see how well they take care of, of what they can uh, moving forward. Now, that, again, if we look ahead to 2024, it's a really interesting, you know, 12 months that we're going to be looking ahead to, not just in regards to this season, but on the other half, like after this season, depending on how it goes, what the approach to the offseason is, off is going to be, the decisions that get made as it pertains to LeBron and Anthony Davis, their own personal decisions, right? LeBron is going to turn 39 over the weekend. I think I have that right. I don't think he's going to turn 40. Either way, it's going to be nuts. Uh, whatever age he turns, uh, he is going to be, he's, you know, he's been fighting uh, the, 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 the father time as <laughs> impressively as anybody in the history of professional sports has, but eventually that fight is going to swing in, in the other direction. And, you know, what is that going to look like for the Lakers and him and Anthony Davis on the second half of 2024? Um, for us personally here, uh, I'll just get this out of the way. Uh, in some, I guess, personal news, uh, this is our last show for uh, Blue Wire. Um, they have been nothing but great with us. They have been, uh, Kevin has been fantastic. Uh, Ty has been fantastic. Um, their sales department is is active. They, I've, I've, I have nothing but the nicest things to say about Blue Wire. Um, it's just that another opportunity came um, that uh, I can, I'll, I'll share at least the, the the few details that I can right now in that the show will be going to Odyssey. Um, and the good news for those of you watching, those of you listening, whenever you guys are listening in podcast form, is it doesn't change anything for you. I own the podcast feed and um, and and Kevin and, and the folks at Blue Wire were kind enough to to not put up any kind of a stink when I told them about this opportunity. They, they said, you have to pursue it. And so there, there, there shouldn't be any uh, layover in the way that there was uh, when I left Vox. And um, when, for those of you who remember, you know, Locked on Lakers, my time at Locked on Lakers ended uh, pretty uh, <laughs> out of the blue. Um, you know, in that, in that case, I accepted the position at Vox and David said, well, your next show is your last one. And, and we all kind of moved forward there, and I wasn't able to really say goodbye to everybody over there. Um, in this case, I can say goodbye. In this case, I can say thank you, and I sincerely mean it to everybody at Blue Wire. I, I loved my time here. They reached out at a time where, you know, a lot of us, not just me, but the Mavs Moneyball folks and, and some other shows that were leaving Vox were all kind of scrambling and trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do next. Uh, Kevin reached out and said, Hey, let's have a talk. Let's talk this out. Let's figure something out and, uh, let's move forward together. And I, uh, greatly appreciate that. The other good news as part of this is, uh, you know, it used to be that because I wasn't at blue wire, I wouldn't be able to have conversations and, and podcast with Pete. Um, but fortunately we've, we've been able to, or he has been able to work that out. 
So that won't be the case in 2024. Uh, he and I will still do our monthly podcast together. I'm looking forward to our next one. Should be a little fiery, actually. Uh, so that is going to be uh, the, what, what, what we're looking ahead to here in 2024. Again, from the bottom of my heart to, to Kevin and everybody over there at Blue Wire, thank you. All love, nothing but love when I see anybody from, from those teams um, in Vegas. I'm buying them drinks. I, I cannot thank them enough. And I'm thrilled for what's in store at Odyssey where – uh, I can't I can't get into detail quite yet what exactly this all is going to entail, but what I can say is that for the you know for in the simplest terms and for you know what you guys are listening for, nothing is really going to change in terms of where you can find the feed, uh, what the show is going to look and sound like. All of that stuff is going to remain the same, and uh, we are going to you know hit 2024 with every ounce of the uh, gusto that we have hit the previous, I don't know, 10 years that we've been doing this together. So again, thank you everybody for, for, for your support and your passion and, and supporting us. I, I, I would not be where I am without it. And I can't wait to see what we're able to do here moving forward. Uh, Rude Street, that is Pete Zayas, uh, Laker Film Room, used to do shows with me at Locked on Lakers. People, uh, people seem to really enjoy. I love doing those shows. So, uh, though it's, I'm really excited that those episodes aren't going to end. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and 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 get to the uh, Twitter questions. And again, if you have any questions, leave them here in the comments of uh, of on YouTube. Or if you reply, I believe to the link that I sent out on Twitter, your comments show up here as well, so I can answer your questions there. The first question that I got when I asked for questions was from Gav Stark. Uh, why is Ham not played the starting lineup that got us to the Western Finals? That's a zillion-dollar question. If I had an actual response for that question, I would give it to you. Um, I, I do not know. If I had a response to that question, I would be able to talk to the people that I talked to and be able to say, like, this is what he's thinking. The most logical and most reasonable defense is that at the beginning of the year, Austin Reeves looked very tired and wasn't playing like himself. And he and D'Angelo Russell weren't meshing. It was not working. Um, you add to that, that Jared Vanderbilt wasn't able to basically participate in any of uh, the, the, the preseason games or the early season games. And that throws a wrench in those plans. Rui Hachimura has missed like a third of the season is here as well. And uh, I think availability is the greatest ability in professional sports. And I think Ham kind of said, all right, those guys aren't here. Let's see who plays well. And the guys who have played well, right? Cam Reddish surprised, although I think he's come back to earth a little bit. Um, and then Torian Prince, two guys that like, so Prince, Ham has direct history with, right? He coached Prince at as an assistant coach at um, at at uh, Atlanta is where their paths crossed, and so I think that past history has played a part in in uh, Torian Prince's kind of outsized role. And then with Cam, uh, Cam played really well while he was in Atlanta and played against 
the Milwaukee Bucks, I think in a conference finals, if I have that right, um, or in the second round of the playoffs, whenever they, those two teams met. And, you know, Cam played really well in that series. Cam remembers that. And so you start the season and Cam plays in many ways, very similarly to the way he played in that playoff series. And, um, and that's why those two guys have gotten the outsized roles. I think that they have. And now that, you know, both of them, Prince has picked things up quite a bit of, of late. Um, but the fact that he was able to, to survive the kind of ugly play that he had to start the year uh, would indicate that he is going to be a, and he should be, he should be a big part of the rotation here moving forward. He's a good enough player and he brings important enough skill sets that uh, I think the Lakers are going to continue to lean on him. And then Cam, I think his role is probably going to subside a little bit and and give way to Rui or to Vando. And and eventually we'll kind of see him get closer to uh maybe not the like the end of the rotation, but certainly like the back half of it, um, where he isn't starting anymore at the very least. Um, but in terms of like the like a a, a basketball, why I don't I don't have one. It's, it, I think it's purely circumstantial, and and the fact that it is taking this long to get back to it, not only is it like you know ridiculous to me, but there are, as I've said now for weeks, there are people in that locker room who are getting pretty frustrated, and and pretty impatient with how long it's taking to get back to the identity that the Lakers played with last year when they went all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, next question. Will you get at Tim underscore NBA on the pod again soon? Yeah, I, I love having Tim on. That was, I had a blast having him on the last time. I, I thought we had a really good conversation. I love being able to disagree with somebody amicably. Um, I thought that's what we did in that show. Hilariously, Anthony Davis started shooting a lot and a lot better um, since he and I had that podcast. So I win. <laughs> Uh, but, but if Tim is always welcome though, I, it's just a matter of reaching out to him, uh, which I will be doing a lot in 2024. Um, how realistic this is from at, uh, will underscore dimes. How realistic is a Murray trade? Not, it is not realistic, uh, this season, maybe come the, uh, the draft, the upcoming draft things change or whatever. But from what I'm told right now, and from what I can see right now, the Lakers just don't have the assets necessary to get that done. Uh, they can basically only move one first rounder this year. The Hawks traded three first rounders to get Murray. They aren't going to take such a drastic step back. Um, when, you know, so closely removed from the trade and look, they have Trey Young and they have him signed to a contract that, you know, if they're if they go into a rebuild, like he would be part of the guys moving as well. And uh, and the Lakers don't really have very many like help now win now guys that they would be trading for Murray. So I just I don't necessarily see the, the trade fit there. Uh, the next question from at KRV 22 underscore. Uh, why? Ham won't get fired no matter how bad things go. All right, for a few reasons. One, he was just in the Western Conference Finals with this organization. You don't see guys fired the very next season in season very often when you go on a run like that. Second, the way he handled the Russell Westbrook situation um, 
pleased a lot of people in the organization. And they are very grateful for the way that he handled that. Never threw Russ under the bus. Um, never whined and moaned about the situation. Just kept on trudging along and and tried to make tried to make the best out of an impossible situation. And that helped them eventually make the trade that they were able to make and uh, further help them bounce back as quickly as they did once Russ was gone. So that's number two. And number three, and this might be the biggest reason, Rob Polinka uh, fired Luke Walton. He fired Frank Vogel. And if he fires now a third coach in five years, that doesn't look great on his resume. So I don't think that that is going to happen. Also, if he fires Darvin Ham, that is now two of his own hires that he has to fire. And at some point, Jeannie is going to start asking questions. And the one thing Polinka is never going to do is put him in situations where he has to answer questions about how good he is at the job. He's very good at answering questions about like what led to failures elsewhere that he could pin on somebody else. He's very slippery in that regard. He's brilliant when it comes to, you know, the internal politics of, of, of what he's doing. And I think he's pretty good as a, as a general manager. I think he has a couple blind spots that keep biting him in the butt. But uh, I think for, for when you're wondering like, why is ham going to get such a long leash here? It's, it's because like Polinka can't, he, he can't, you know, I think Frank Vogel has a little bit of dead money left. Darvin Ham just signed a four-year extension. I don't think the Lakers want to keep paying coaches to stay home. Um, yeah, and, and I guess like some, uh, you know, uh, peripheral reasons here, right? The other coaches who are available aren't great. And internally, I don't know, like the Lakers don't have a proven former head coach uh, to, to be able to step up and, 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 you know, immediately help. They have some guys who are interesting, right? Phil Handy is somebody who I, I, I really kind of am keeping close tabs on as the year goes along, um, especially if things continue in the way that they have recently. But uh, I, 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 it's just ham is, is, is not going anywhere. He just has to be better, you know, and, and uh, you know, last night, if last night is any indication, I thought, there were some promising things from last night and they just have to like stick with those things. And it's annoying that the Lakers just refuse to spam anything, but like that is going to be one thing that like is, is, is going to define the second half of the season is, is will Darwin adjust to the roster that he has and stop hoping that the guys that are on this roster turn into guys that he wishes they would be. All right. Uh, the next question here, and there was a lot, so I'm going to get through these as quickly as I can. Um, at Itamar 2275, do you see a scenario where D'Lo is a Laker after the deadline? Oof. Hmm. Um, no is the short answer. I just I I just think that the the damage is kind of done there between the two sides. 
and both are just kind of looking for an off-ramp that makes sense for everybody. The only way that I could kind of see it happening is if the season really falls off of a cliff and uh, there is just no way to, to, to salvage it, right? Um, and we saw that. We've seen the Lakers basically do that with Russ the first year where that year went so poorly that when it came time to, uh, you know, kind of buck up and, and fix things, Rob Polinka opted not to. He said, nope, not going to happen. <clears throat> Excuse me, not going to happen. Uh, we are just going to ride this thing out and uh, see what we can do in the offseason. And then even then, when the offers for Russ weren't what they what he needed them to be, he wrote out that offseason and said, nope, not worth it. He is perfectly fine. Uh, with uncomfortable situations here. And and that's what this is with D'Angelo Russell. So um, if things go so poorly and the, and, the, and the return is so little that Palinka decides that it's just, <laughs> excuse me, it just isn't worth it, uh, he's, he's not going to do it. He will, just, he will just ride this thing out and we'll see what that, what that means for the Lakers. Um, let's see. Oh, my my son is banging on the door. Great. At Gary Xavier uh, zero, yes or no? Should Reeves start? Also, do you uh, do you believe that Max slash Wood should get minutes from here on out? All right. Uh, yes, I think Reeves should start. That's why I, you know I said yesterday that uh, I thought that Reeves was going to start. That's where I started my my questioning uh, when I was trying to figure out what the starting lineup was going to be, um, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that 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 course gets corrected here relatively soon. And then for Max and Wood, yeah, I think both of those guys, uh, the Lakers need a backup center who is more talented than, ja than Jackson Hayes. I think Wood is that. To this point, he's been seen as a uh, power forward. I kind of disagree with that slotting in the uh, on the roster. I think Wood should be the backup center who gets like, I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes a game, you know, uh, if that. And I think Mac should be your, you know, fourth or fifth wing who gets like 10 minutes a game. Uh, I don't think you need to play Cam Reddish 30 minutes a night. I don't think you need to play Torian Prince 35 minutes a night. Uh, I think there's plenty of room to kind of wiggle this rotation around that gets some guys uh, a, a few more opportunities than they have had a, of late. And, Again, kudos to to Max and to Christian for staying ready in the way that they did uh, last night or for last night. Uh, at Alex AC seven one seven writes: Has the way the Lakers disclose injury severity and timelines always been this way, i.e., vague or no updates at all, or has it all changed um, into what it is now following the changes in the training staff? Um. Look, the, the relationship between medicine and professional athletes has always been kind of tricky. There is just a very clear conflict of interest between the team doctor and what doctors are usually expected to do. So you have that going on. Um, I will say that Clutch, as an agency in particular is very careful uh, and very protective of their injury information. So I think that's a factor here as well. 
Um, and I think the Lakers, uh, as an organization, have indicated and made it very clear to everybody this is something that they are going to protect as uh, you know and keep very close to the vest as well. So I don't know if it's necessarily new, but I do think it's probably escalated a little bit in the last few years. Um, Cobron Lake Show writes, uh, do you think Austin being a front runner for the six men of the year award has any implications on him not starting? No, I think it's purely a Darwin thing. And somebody asked here uh, in the in the uh, comments, where is it? 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 Yeah, is this possible thing between AR and Ham? Nothing, something, or everything? It's something. I'm I'm here to tell you. I've I've heard it very clearly that for whatever reason, Ham just doesn't mess with Austin in the way that you would think he would. Um, and you know the it needs to get fixed. Uh, the you know and 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 this this might escalate all the way to where like an agent gets involved or you know the uh the front office gets involved and 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 people start asking like what is going into these questions or th into these decisions where did you get the 27 to 28 minutes a night number from did you why didn't you talk to him about it before you went out and said that publicly what is going on and um and you know once those interested parties get some uh resolution to those questions then hopefully everybody can move forward in a more productive manner than we have seen to this point this season. Um, all right, let's go. All right, two more questions. Or well, no, one more question. Uh, at J underscore Shane writes, do you think the Lake, or who do you think the Lakers get at the deadline? Levine Murray or somebody else? Uh, somebody else is the answer to that one. Um, I, I also see Stone Lakers fan asking better fit for the team, Levine or Murray. Right. Who would the best player for the Lakers to trade for in January from Florin Balkan? Um, you know, all, all of that good stuff is, uh, you know, along the same line of questioning. To answer the question as it is asked, who is, uh, you know, who fits better? Levine or Murray? Murray does, but that's why he's out of the Lakers price range. Um, Levine makes some sense for the Lakers but his contract is so gross and the bulls immediately took off when he stopped playing there. That's something that the Lakers I'm told took note of. They're like, well, that is not ideal. And that's not all because of Zach Levine, but you know, it's not, not in part because of Zach Levine. So that's something that's going on there. Uh, the best player who I would, you know, look for the Lakers to trade for in January. I've always had my eye on Gary Trent jr. The Lakers have had interest in him now for years. I think once again, those conversations between Rob Palenka and Masai Ujiri are going to take place again. And, uh, and yeah, like that, I, I think that's where we're probably going to uh, see this kind of move towards is, is a player like that. Somebody who won't cost, you know, like Zach Levine is making like 40 million bucks a year. So almost 50. Um, even DeJounte Murray is making like almost 30. So, I, I, I think the Lakers, if they're going to make a move, I expect it to trim a couple bucks off of their luxury tax bill. And I expect it to be of a, you know, for a, a guy who would start as soon as he gets there. 
and um, we'll see what that kind of looks like. But the first thing, like even before you even get to all the trade stuff, the Lakers need to figure this stuff out internally. And I wrote, I wrote about it for Substack. I tweeted it yesterday during the game. This continued persistence to stay away from the identity that got you all the way to the Western Conference Finals last year is just stupid. It is. It's just dumb. It's not productive. It's pissing people off in the locker room. And at some point, they, like, they're, they're going to have to move forward together. And uh, honestly, it doesn't even matter who they trade because it's not like you're going to trade for somebody who's going to elevate you to where that doesn't matter anymore. They don't have the assets to do that. So the Lakers need to move forward internally. They need to improve from within. And, and that, unfortunately, features Darvin Ham being a better coach than he has shown himself to be to this point in the season. Um, let's see. Clayton DeMarkey, any chance of a podcast with the big three, you, Pete, and Aaron, uh, even though the perfect duo is you and Harrison? I Look, I want to try to, you know, shake things up a little bit when it comes to uh, the people who come on the pod. So, yeah, I could, I could see if I could get Pete and Aaron on a pod together at the same time. Um, like AD and Braun are healthy and shooting better, underachieving this much with the West being so tough is insane. A single injury knocks us out of play in contention. You're right. Like the, the Lakers have kind of made their bed here and you were hoping to avoid having so small margin for error, but here we are. And now you just got to deal with the, with the bed that you made. Um, D Steven, a player like Gary Trent Jr. takes our ceiling from swept to champs. Big no for me, kind of sad outlook. I, I, I think that's a little simplistic a way to look at things like, the Lakers were swept and like Raj likes to say, it was a closer sweep, <laughs> but they were swept while having only four guys that you trusted on the court at that time. I think Trent would be a fifth guy that you could definitely trust in that spot. Um, and, you know, they, they, they got swept with, uh, look, the way that the Nuggets shot in that series didn't even continue in the finals. That's why Miami was able to win a game is because the Nuggets shot like a normal team typically shoots. So like some some shooting outlier stuff going on there. Um, I'm not even positive that the Nuggets are, are who the Lakers would face there. So like, yeah, they got swept by the Nuggets last year, but I'm not. I, I think the Nuggets are a little bit worse this year than they were last year. And uh, we'll see who the Lakers even played there. So I, 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 I for me personally, I think the you know again first things first you focus on what you can control here where the the Lakers can play better and be coached better I think that is going to have a bigger impact than anybody to get at the deadline and then at the deadline you see what you can pull off um and again their options are limited when you only have one first round pick to move that is going to like a, that's going to diminish your market, obviously. And B, there's a lot of paralysis by analysis that's going to happen because you're like, I only have this one that I can move. And if I make, if I pull the trigger on this one, it has to work. There are no other moves that can really feasibly be made that would have this kind of an impact. So, um, yeah, I think I, I, I understand the sentiment, but I don't necessarily uh, disagree. Um, all right. I 
am going to cut it off right here and um and 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 send everybody off into the uh new year alexis i pick swaps are always kind of funny like they they can always be involved but i don't necessarily see like i i don't take them into account when i talk about trades because they're the kind of thing that like are the last thing that gets negotiated right first you talk players first you talk first rounders first you talk second rounders or no first you talk first rounders then you talk talk first round protection and then you talk second rounders and then you talk second round protection and then you get to pick swaps generally. Um, and so like that is so far down the negotiation that I don't, I, I, it's not really a, a, a part of my math that goes into uh, those conversations yet at least. Um, but yeah, I am going to cut this thing off here. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Not just this, uh, this episode or this week's episodes or, um, or for the remainder or, or for all of 2023. It was an interesting one. You guys uh, supported the hell out of the show back when it was with Silver Screen and Roll. You guys have supported the hell out of the show in its current uh, iteration. And uh, I, I would really appreciate if you guys continued that with the next one. So congratulations, everybody, to, to making it all the way through to 2023. Um, please be safe over the holiday weekend. And I will talk to you again on Tuesday. So until... Uh, next week and next year. I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's and I will talk to you next year. <laughs>